There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Welcome everybody to Oh, a Sopranos podcast. As always, I'm Joe Spellman and this is David Feudernag. And this is Paul Gullius. And we're talking episode, uh, season three, episode six. Uh, let me get it right. That's correct. Yeah. Let me not say episode yep. first. Nailing because it, the nailing season it. comes first. Yep. You'll get it by the time we're uh, through the entire series. Yeah, I'm really good at these intros. Uh, yeah. University. University. Uh, and we are joined by an illustrious guest. She's an actress, comedian, writer of many 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 different things but most importantly she's a native new jerseyan sarah bancasa thank you for coming on oh oh i mean i am yeah italian and sicilian native new jersey wow oh my oh my and irish but we don't talk about that no 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 That's it's like okay. Joe. Joe is Irish running. and Jewish, and he leans heavily on his Jewish side. I feel like. <laughs> spicy white. You gotta lean into the spicy white. Um, that's right. I lean right. on whatever side is like you know good at the, having the holiday the moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. St. Patty's Day rolls around. All of a sudden, Joe's like, you know, I'm very Irish. St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I'm very Irish for sure. Yes. Yes. Um, Sarah, do you, did you watch the show live when it was on at all? Or did you watch after it was off the air? What's, oh, what's no. your relationship? I, I, to I absolutely. Um, well, first of all, I'm sure you guys are going to edit. Should I grab headphones? Cause I'm a fucking idiot and forgot about that. <laughs> if or, you, wanna, if if you, you want to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here for you as an editor, if I may, uh, excuse me, Polly. Please, please do. Yeah. <laughs> please do. Please do. <laughs> My cat is like, ah, how dare you? Your cat's got uh, some things to say about this episode. He's like, uh, fucking excuse me. I have some shit to say. <laughs> that sounds like a bad impression of uh, Adriana. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I am not cutting any of this out. This is great. No, leave no, no. Leave it in. Leave it yeah. in. I'm leaving this in. Yeah, please don't edit the echoing of me wandering around this apartment being like, Wait, cat crying. Sarah is wandering around what looks like Polly Walnut's condo. Uh, yeah, this could easily be like uh, maybe even Ralphie's. Uh, or I think they're, yeah, they're at Ralphie's condo in this episode. Yes, yes, yes. Me and yes. Joey and I'm dancing and soon to be murdered. It's really hard. <laughs> oh, Joey Pants. Joey Pants. Joey Pants. God love him. So good at acting. Such a such a vile character. 
Okay, I have headphones. This is so, it's like living yeah. in different times. I just, <laughs> so exciting. This is exciting. I mean, this I this is our one of our more entertaining introductions, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I am a queen. You usually, know you, <laughs> usually we're like, oh, so what's your relationship to the show? And uh, so, uh, people are like, well... I watched it once, like in 2007, <laughs> yeah. and I really haven't seen it uh, much. Um, <laughs> no, Tony, who's that now? <laughs> now, when you say Tony, do you oh, he's mean... the big guy. <laughs> so he's the big, the big one. You guys, I don't have the fucking dongle, so I don't know. We're oh just no! Gonna... Hey, oh, I, I, don't worry about it. Fucking You're dongle. Good. You sound Sorry, great. Man. You're good. As long as it's not an issue for on your end, then we'll speak up. No, it's fine. No, I can totally hear. I just feel okay. bad because I know if you're gonna isolate the voices, it's way easier if when I'm speaking, you're not also hearing laughter in the background from you guys. Because of course, everything I say will be met with laughter. Yeah, I'm, we're not it's getting just, a lot of echo. True, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. You're good. Sorry, I had to make it a whole fucking thing. <laughs> I love it. It's so fucking Jersey. Yeah. Where, where in Jersey? Where in Jersey are you from? Uh, I am originally from a town called Flemington, New Jersey, which is only, it's never mentioned on Sopranos. There's one episode where they mention um, getting the Raritan Township. Uh, I think they're like going for the Raritan Township uh, contract for the waste management company, I yeah. think. Sounds about right. <laughs> A big deal because um, nobody mentions Raritan Township, so it was exciting. But yeah, sure. I grew up at I grew up in Raritan Township. Flemington is the mailing address, and it's in Hunterdon County, which is uh, rural. It's the only one of like maybe two consistently red counties in Jersey in terms of nice. national uh, elections, and um, uh, it's great. Flemington is amazing. It has uh, only the the world's second out intersex elected official uh the oh, mayor okay who, hey. uh, it's amazing and and she uh has a wife and they've got kids and she um does a lot of activism uh for the i in lgbtqia so sure. it's 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 also where the uh, trial of the century the charles Lindbergh baby murder and kidnapping trial was held in uh, which got a shout out in this episode yeah oh yeah That's yeah yeah right. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the Sopranos, of course I watched it. Um, we had a family friend, and my, I remember my mother saying, oh, she really loves it. And, like, we all thought that her husband was connected. So my dad was like, yeah, it's like watching Hope movies. And I was like, <laughs> ah! Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's great, and it, it's very, very grounded in the, the lore and the um, – legends and lore of the state of new jersey for sure and, and and your family is still like in that in that area of the state um yeah they're still in hunterdon mm -hmm. and i'm living in a different part of the state because i'm cool <laughs> but it's so fucking small i mean jersey's so small it is it is yeah my i went to um new brunswick for thanksgiving every thanksgiving until my oh, father was tired of sitting on the garden state every thanksgiving and said no more I can't, in I love can't it. sit on, in traffic in, uh, you know, on Thanksgiving anymore. So we stopped going. But many That's Thanksgivings were spent on, in Jersey. Yeah, I mean, my father was born there. My grandmother, my grandfather, my nephew, they were all born there. Um, New Brunswick, home of Rutgers. Uh, James oh, yes. Gandolfini was, Mr. James Gandolfini was a Rutgers University alum. All right, pay. May he rest in power. But, uh, New Brunswick, not the most scenic place. Like <laughs> no, not at all. Definitely not. Definitely yeah. not. And Joe and Joe's dad is from Jersey as well. His parents yeah, my dad's from Bergenfield. Long time. Yeah. So like up north a bit more. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 Close yeah. to the city. Close. But we're all but we're Connecticut boys though. You know we. Yeah. 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 Boys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Connecticut. Yeah. It's on the way to Boston. It's. <laughs> In a lot of jokes written by Tina Fey. Uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's definitely not good enough to have a uh, HBO show uh, that's set in it. Or maybe maybe it has been. There has been one. Just set it at a pizza place. Connecticut's <laughs> the Delaware of New England. Yes, <laughs> sure. And Delaware is the Connecticut oh, of New England. 
That sure. hurts. That hurts. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, now no. that we've got our Enough. geography established. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Enough of that shit. We could get into the episode. Uh, for, Let's do for it. Our, for our people who haven't seen it since it aired on April 21st, 2000, or sorry, April 1st, 2001. Ooh, April um, Fool's. This is the notorious episode in which Ralphie murders a woman carrying his child. Um, and uh, Meadow grows further attached to Noah. And they both have to deal with uh, her mentally unwell college roommate, Caitlin. Um, so let's, let's like dive right into it. I mean, this is, this is a tough episode to watch. It's a, in a series of tough episodes. The one before this was Bobby Bacala's father, uh, and that whole hit getting murdered, uh, against yep. Mustang Sally. The one before that was Melfi being sexually assaulted. So this is like, I would say, maybe you guys don't agree with me, like the darkest part of the series. I mean, especially Absolutely. for Absolutely. female characters. I think it's, it's a series close. full of, of dark moments for, for, many characters but especially female characters um yeah and and off the bat we're in the bing and the camera is like focusing on the bing girls which they're usually just you know dancing breasts out in the background but this tells us a little bit that like the episodes this episode's going to be different and maybe uh zero in a little more on one of their stories which is one of the great music cues of the show i think the kink song uh, living on a thin line. Living on a thin line. Uh, yeah, and that's sort of they sort of opens use that and like, ends. Uh, it's a uh, well used, well used song. And I think they use it once, like in the middle of the episode too. Um, oh, maybe. But, but yeah. So throughout the episode, but um, the the stripper uh, in question of this episode is Tracy, who we first meet this episode, um, and she we first meet her when she bakes Tony some some date nut bread because. He told her she should take her kid to the doctor when he was sick, which is like, I would think probably common sense, but I guess uh, <laughs> deserving of fresh baked date nut bread uh, in Tracy's world. But um, she is dating Ralphie, which which tells you a little something about her sense as uh, a twenty year old young woman. But she was um, also burning him with cigarette, her kid with like cigarette butts. Yeah, yeah, which right. we find out later, which is like. So tough. I mean, of course, like it's it's just constant. Like even within this episode, like they're constantly like reiterating that cycle of violence, right? Like or or just like bad upbringings that lead to like poor results with Ralphie. Like Ralphie even like talks about how he had to drop out of school. He was going to be an architect and this and that, and yeah. then he ends up murdering Tony's reaction Tony's to child. that, like like to him saying, you know, it's supposed to be an architect. Tony, we see Tony like smiling, like eating, like. <laughs> really yeah. sure he's sure oh, you were. So. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah. Uh, uh, tony had a semester at seton hall and i always wonder what his major was i don't know if it's revealed in the i'm, I'm almost positive it was seton hall it wouldn't have been yes, I don't no, think you're, right. Right. Yeah. you're right yeah which, which tracks because seton hall is a private catholic university so that would have been higher status and a higher representation of his own parents mm-hmm. presumed uh rising above where they right. came from right. to have a son who could go to a, a private Catholic university would be a big deal. Right. I don't know what he would have majored in. And it's interesting that he even made it there. And I often wonder, I forget now, cause I haven't watched the series in so long, but I, I, I feel like it was assumed that Tony would be, a the, enter the family business, but then maybe it yeah. wasn't like right. maybe he was, elevated in the same way that is it jackie jr who's sort yes. of like the one who's going to be okay and in the way that right. meadow is meadow yeah. is yeah. in in tony's family yep. they want better for they want better for the kids in the way that they determine just like later in the series when when tony's a little disappointed that meadow is going to law school and not pre-med mm-hmm. right, right, really right. Loves, he says to her he's like or maybe he doesn't say it to her he says it's something he's like I just would have loved like Dr. Soprano, but he's okay yeah. with the lawyer thing too. Right. Um, presumably as long as she's not working for the Fed. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, like, right. You know, Tony, that, that always, that note about his character, which is always said to me, maybe he was supposed to have something more than this. But then you look at a Tracy who was never supposed to have anything more right. than what he had. Right. That's very clear. But it's yeah, we see that we, we, we see the dichotomy between her and Meadow, like this whole episode and Jackie jr. For that matter. Like mm-hmm. when Ralphie's like kids had all the, all the, um, the privileges, you know, like he's had like all the, like, and he's like fucking up. Oh yeah. 
and and Caitlin even uh, Meadows Meadows roommate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she has this whole storyline where she is like so appalled because she she is not she grew up somewhere in the Midwest, right? Some small town, um, and she is not accustomed to like. And we've all done it because you have to do it because otherwise you 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 couldn't go on with your life. But she's not accustomed to seeing something as atrocious as a homeless person with the daily news shoved up their ass crack. Um, and, you know, we would all not bat an eye and keep on walking uh, in New York City just because we're, we're accustomed to it. And, that, and that's like really pretty sad, actually. <laughs> on, yeah. on subsequent watches, like I sympathize more with the Caitlin character. The first time I watched her, I was like, this chick's annoying. I was also in high school. But, uh, but I was like, who is, like, Meadow, come on, don't deal with this. And now I'm like, Caitlin, Caitlin is like sort yeah, of the just, moral center here. <laughs> right. Not desensitized. Yeah. Caitlin still has empathy. Meadow's grown mm-hmm. up going into the city mm. for parties, for family events. She probably got schlepped in as I did for Broadway shows. <laughs> they probably <laughs> oh, had yeah. friends in oh, restaurants yeah. in Little Italy, which they probably said Little Italy and like went <laughs> in. And so Meadow's experience of it is she's modeling how she was raised, which is probably once in a while her dad or her mom giving somebody a little bit but being like ah you know it's so sad but just ignoring it and i also think that if meadow went to caitlin's place of origin it's entirely possible she would be horrified by like caitlin just very easily chopping a chicken's head off or (laughs) shooting a sick horse i don't know what caitlin does (laughs) (laughs) but it's a culture clash thing too and uh being being terrified by the sound of pine trees yeah, uh, right. Oh, from Staten Island, moved to my hometown when we were younger, and they were freaked out. But they couldn't sleep at first; it was so quiet. And they were from like a really busy part of Staten Island. Staten Island has some lovely, like, quiet parts, even though it is a garbage dump. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they came from a really noisy part, and they couldn't fall asleep for like two weeks. I, sure. I, I am. I was born in Staten Island. A lot of my family's from Staten Island. Um, it is a garbage dump. Um, you would snow. You huh? That's the best Italian bakeries, though. Oh yeah. I will drive and sit in that fucking traffic (laughs) and go to, and I feel bad saying this because I'm in Jersey and I'm Italian and I'm probably gonna get beat up. But amazing, amazing pizza there too. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) The um, what's it called? The Ninos or whatever. Um. Uh. But I will say that, like, uh, my wife is from the Midwest, and uh, being a uh, New Yorker um, or n- Northeast person, going to the Midwest, the one thing is that her family is was so quiet, and my, my family is so loud. I mean, I have, like, four yeah. younger sisters, and, like, we are very loud. So that was a big shocker for me from, <laughs> from going from the Northeast to the Midwest is, like, why is no one talking? <laughs> Why is no yeah. one screaming at each other? I love that. Yeah, Kate, I love that Caitlin too is um she's gonna she's so excited to go to uh, that like psychiatrist uh, family friend uh, in right. Vermont, but yeah. she's yeah. scared of the pine trees. Yeah, I think like, that's as that, long that's... as I just get past the pine trees. <laughs> Whoa, like certainly like just the the writers were using it as a tool to contrast like what somebody like Caitlin like fears and has to fear in life versus what something Tracy <laughs> sure poor girl has to has to fear in life yeah. um and there's did you guys notice like all the match cuts like like transitions uh yeah like like Ralphie laughing like through the window when Tracy gets taken away and then it cuts them like laughing at dinner yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that, that might be my favorite one but it's it's so disturbing it's so it really just like made my skin crawl like like he's laughing at his pregnant girlfriend uh getting beaten by silvio by the way that was like the first time we saw silvio being so brutal yeah be horrible yeah Mm -hmm. to anybody um and uh that was tough but then like his genuine sincere smile and laugh in the window cutting to like the most like they were making dad jokes yeah like like suburban couples like dinner right oh yeah yeah Uh, such hypocrisy like just like going going from that scene to the next one like i i i mean it was great it's just it just, it's, just it's just wild well, and then like and then like we find out later like ralphie hasn't called tracy in like three days 
and you assume it's because he's back at Rosalie's and like you know with his you know girlfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That uh, Rosalie's uh, another one. She's she she's uh, quite a she has quite an eye for men. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, where were there, we? Um, any other of those uh, smash? Uh, I mean the the, the smash obvious, cuts. The other obvious one too is when um, the cop and Ralphie are having sex with uh, with Tracy, and then it cuts to um, Caitlin with her head down. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. Is there another one yep. other than that one? Um, there's there's one where I think like Meadow is walking like or no Tracy's walking away from Tony, um, and walking away from camera, and then it cuts to Meadow walking away from camera down her like dorm dormitory hallway oh okay 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 so they're really like leaning into uh, although like i mean again i watched for the first time in high school but the first time i watched i didn't catch these like match cuts i didn't oh, catch yeah. like what, yeah, whoever what they're trying to it. say yeah whoever you didn't directed do? it he's smart he's real <laughs> smart the guy who directed it's it alan coulter alan coulter baby oh oh the, the guy goat. the guy who's the announcer for letterman what <laughs> different <laughs> alan <laughs> Great isn't, that, isn't that Alan Coulter? The same name? <laughs> Is it? I don't know. I don't I think no it's spelled idea. the same way. <laughs> I'm traumatized to this day by Meadow Soprano losing her virginity. That was very oh. upsetting to me. Yeah, oh, totally yeah. The, the <laughs> douchiest that guy. I mean, it's probably so like, there are horrible, horrible like sociopaths in this show and Noah is by far my least favorite character in the whole series. Noah's, I just Noah's cannot a douchiest for sure. Um, but the way that scene was shot really creeped me out. I don't yes. think it's, it's not yes. done with a. I don't think it's done with a deliberately creepy eye. I don't mean that. I don't. I also don't feel that the actress was put in any kind of um, compromising or negative light. It's not that. It's just yeah. that we have not. We've seen this this girl's father's sexuality at length. Yeah, we have not seen. Her sexuality so watching that if you grow up thinking of her as the child in that moment seeing and it is age appropriate seeing that that she um is now a woman or whatever and also it's like not it, it's it's a actually it's actually a very well done scene i hate it but it's very well done i hate it as a fan because it grossed me out but but <laughs> right. it's done well in that like it's awkward it's not like sex There's no chemistry you know, yeah right yeah Right. But no, it's also very intimate. It's very the camera is right in their face, right yeah. in Meadow's face, and like the uh, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is, and, and and there's no she's not portrayed as a um, sexy being, which I think is appropriate in in the course of, of the show. Um, which reminds me of my my mom went to go see when um, Jamie Lynn Siegler was on Broadway. Uh, I oh, think it Beauty was, and the Beast or. No, she was in a Cinderella, I think. They might have done like a one night only or it was a brief thing. I don't know if she was on Broadway or if it was like NJ Pack. It must have been Broadway. Mm-hmm. My mom went and she said like so many cast members from The Sopranos were right, were there. Like all the like, it was, my mom was like, it was really sweet because the way they like cheered for her. It was like if you saw somebody's loud family at their high school graduation. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> really so proud of her and i was like oh that's so sweet that is like such a great story that's that's yeah you love to hear that yeah i also yeah. love like when you, i know i'm going off topic here but please like, do i love when you read about the different characters who got knocked off and how they would have a big meal for them like yeah, yeah. great yeah. and have really good and also when you read about what crafty was like on that oh set and how they ate so well we, we talk and about we, food a lot on the pod like mostly like <laughs> just yeah. like what like visually like food like scenes with a lot of food in them but uh but i think like joe when your friend coco came on uh who was on the show like he was like featured background a couple of times and so he told us like yeah this this the spreads were insane like for craft you know i mean yeah you love to hear that you You gotta stay in character authenticity yeah yeah right right gotta keep uh feeding the beast i would i would become veto if i was on that show i would definitely (laughs) become 400 pounds right before or way before though (laughs) right right (laughs) (laughs) even though sports had a break your business didn't 
You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Yeah, this episode is really special in a, in a lot of ways. And it, it, um, it highlights the, it reminds us as the show does over and over again, um, as Gandolfini himself did in interviews when mm-hmm. he did them, I mean, that this is not a good man. Tony Soprano is not a good man, but it's a very interesting episode because we get the opportunity to ask ourselves if Tony does have some empathy mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. If he does, what really upsets him? Does Tracy's murder at the hands of Ralphie actually make him sad? Or is it the disruption, is his own behavior, his disruption of the hierarchy by hitting somebody who's a made man? Mm-hmm. Is that what the deal is? Is he feeling the pressure and the worry of his daughter dating somebody? Like, what yeah. is it? Yeah, right. Cry? We yeah. can assume it's Tracy, but not necessarily. Yeah. But also it's like the disrespect to his place of business like it's his business that he owns like yeah. he, he you know he doesn't say like to ralphie like why did you fucking kill this woman his first response is like you disrespect this place <laughs> yeah you know no but i but i think i think um um first of all sarah i think you're exactly right i think this whole episode is about just like our limits to our own empathy uh and we see that in both storylines um, and Tony tries to distance himself off the bat from Caitlin when she brings him the bread, like, I'm your employer, you're an employee, that's our relationship. Because I do think he has sort of this, like, and he, he would never admit it, but a, a sort of fatherly instinct towards her. And he's, he wants to yeah. get that in the bud. And he doesn't, he, because that makes him vulnerable in this situation. True. He's a sociopath, but oh. he is on the spectrum of, so like anything else, right? Like right. Uh, if you've known anyone with a personality disorder, it, there's a spectrum. It doesn't, if when somebody says, oh, she's acting really borderline. Well, let's take a moment and acknowledge that there are people listening to this podcast, I'm sure, who've been diagnosed with different things. Mm-hmm. And, yep. um, uh, you know, a borderline personality disorder is not part of my personal story, but it is for different people. And, and to paint them as all one way is incorrect because it's a spectrum of behavior. Mm. So setting that example aside, looking at Tony, what his deal is, which I don't think it's that whatsoever. He has been characterized so many times in post-game analysis over the years and critical analysis and everything as a sociopath. And I do believe, and I never know if I say sociopath or sociopath, but whatever. I do think that that's true, but I also believe that it is a spectrum and Mm. that you don't have to be all one way. So I do think this is a man who's capable of some empathy and some compassion, just not a lot of it. And his training Mm. taught him from day one that he had to smash any of that immediately down. So even when we see it emerge, we see it get cut down right away. Well, I think he's very aware of, of like in that moment, like he, he can't, because Tracy was not his guma, because he didn't have like any ownership of, of Tracy, he couldn't express that his anger was because Ralphie killed this poor 20-year-old girl. He had to use the excuse, oh, you disrespect the Bing. But I think his anger truly comes from the place of like, this is, this is so just obscene that you, that, that you murdered this poor girl who's pregnant with your baby. And, you know, we get a little taste of that in the, towards the very end of the episode, uh, the uh, in the Melfi, the Melfi right. session, 
you know, he changes her sex. He says like, oh, he died, you know, um, but it's sad when they go so young and he doesn't have to say that then, you know, he doesn't have to, but he's expressing, I believe what is genuinely what he is feeling in that moment. And it's remorse for, for Tracy. So like, I, yeah. I, I think, I think there is some sort of heart in him, but at the end of the day, it's, it's all relative though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause it's also, I think that, no, well, I agree with you actually hearing you put it that way makes a lot of sense. And then I think like, okay, so he's able to feel this for Tracy because she reminds him developmentally at least where at least you know what not development chronological age right Mm -hmm. chronological age wise very close to his daughter who he sees as an extension of himself right and the only thing meadow really ever did wrong in his eyes um because he can excuse her dating a black guy for a minute (laughs) like he can (laughs) he can excuse various things that are against his personal wishes and code but really the only thing meadow did kind of wrong was being born a girl because if she had been a son she would have been like uh his sort of she could have been with that personality and her like successor a bit yeah but but better like she could have been the tony soprano of the law firm or of the on the other hand though i think meadow being born a girl is the only way he was able to really sort of get his arms around the concept of loving her and letting her have a bit of her own personality um with that level of capability and intellect i think he would have been harder on her if she were a boy but since she's a girl therefore she is not expected to be exactly like him they but they are so similar in many ways um it's like he's able to love her with a bit more warmth Mm. than his son who's a fucking dumbass (laughs) right <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he says he says later in the series when remember that scene where he's drunk, he says to Meadow like, "You're all me." Oh yeah, it's you're true, all yeah. me. And I think you know? he would if she looked like him and was a boy, he might also visit some of his own self hatred on her. But because hmm. she's a girl, she's like and the oldest. She's like so you know she's so special to him. Yeah, and yeah. I think that his he's so grounded in this cultural code. Uh, that's so antiquated but for him to to have somebody who's a daddy's girl who you're proud of and who you spoil like that is acceptable within the kind of you know italian-american jersey working class code of honor even though he's not working class like he's very wealthy people for sure um yeah when this episode came out like the there was such i don't know if you remember there was like such an outcry because this was almost like the final straw after the the Melfi rape scene, that, which was very graphic. Yeah, know. I've actually never, I still haven't watched that episode because I found the concept, the idea of it too upsetting when I was 20 years old. And yeah, so like, I fair. still haven't watched it because I think, God bless her, Lorraine Bracco is so great. And I find her to be so believable in whatever role she mm. embodies. Like, I think it would fuck me up to see it. So I haven't watched. No, trust me. It does. Don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I think mean, I might never watch that I, scene. Yeah. I, I think I might never watch that episode ever again. It's quite possible. Like, I, I don't think, I don't think there's but to be honest. I, I, I found this episode just as upsetting, if not more so like watching yeah. the, the, <laughs> the brutality against, against this poor girl uh, from Silvio, who has mostly been this sort of like affable, like likable sort of caricature of a mob guy who, you know, has some funny lines now and then, like all of a sudden he's backhanding this girl and says like, you're that 12 years belongs to me until you pay me back. Like that was, it was like jarring you back then. And like, but so basically there was this whole huge outcry. And I almost feel like now in retrospect, like obvious, this is such an obvious, this isn't endorsing like violence against women or violence against women on screen. I think if anything, it it sort of shines a light on toxic masculinity and shows you why you need to be very wary about your feelings towards these despicable characters. Right. Um, Yeah. That's how it feels. It feels like one of the show's episodes where they, (laughs) the writers remind us and the cast does as well by carrying out this design so beautifully. They remind us these people are not, the fucking you know like my mom has a poster of sopranos framed down in in the basement with like frank sinatra and like one to 75 new york yankees and tragic joe willis because we are a jets yankees family because you gotta balance it out 
Yeah, you oh can't get the ego God. too big. You gotta go go <laughs> yeah. Yanks Jets. It's a real balance. But I know, and I know that it's because it's not because she thinks these characters are cool. It's because she loved the show. She thought it was wonderful. But it is the kind of thing where, like, when you when I would walk into a dorm room and some fucking bag of douche Emerson student would have like before I dropped out would have like a, a clockwork orange poster up and some of them you know right. they were legitimately appreciating Kubrick's mastery and I don't know maybe they just really like a slow slow zoom from all the way across the field but like others it was just like you know that on some level they were like oh cool I wish I could just go around and like rape some lady in a, a rhythmic way and have like fun eyeliner like you know what i mean there's people yeah. who get what the fuck a, a, a piece of art is trying to say and yes you can enjoy the way it's told and then there's people who are just like wow i wish i could like run a strip club but like actually be doing mob things like, exactly cool. yeah. yeah and and the writers totally anticipate that and, and I yeah. think that's why they put in a line this episode. I don't know if you caught it, but Caitlin actually says, I think after seeing the movie Freaks, she's like, <laughs> why, why is other people's pain a source of amusement? So it's yeah. kind of like, like, why are you putting <laughs> like a, a woman being beat to death on screen for entertainment, you know? And, and I think- Freaks, I'm oh, sorry, I'm interrupting <laughs> you. No, no, no like go ahead. Nope. Such a great, she saw the Browning, it was Freaks, right? Like yes. the talk yeah. Okay. So that's also an amazing fucking example because like <laughs> in that film, he was, I mean, and it apparently did horribly at the time and like ruined his career, but it, to my understanding, but in that film at the time, he was, he was really trying to show with empathy these individuals who, yes, were treated as freaks, but showing a depth and, you know, showing that, and they get their revenge and it's not just like, look at these fucking freaks. He tried to show the relationships and in that way, I mean, the strippers at the bang, the dancers are like the freaks of they're mostly just decorative, but in this episode we get to know them a little bit. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Bitch, give me my fucking NYU MFA in directing for free. <laughs> you just made your case. We'll give you this this audio clip for you to send around. <laughs> no interest in directing. It feels like being a traffic cop and like you my dealing with actors alone ugh, you know <laughs> oh the uh, worst gross actors but, uh, suck <laughs> i have no interest yeah. in being a director but i i would love to just have a certificate that says i'm good at telling people what to do oh definitely absolutely and not pay I get 600, that. for it i get that <laughs> um but yeah i mean that's that's like anything else covered in this episode that we didn't really touch on I mean, the two one of my things. i we get a very good uh, little time capsule in the uh, Sunday dinner scene because Ralphie is talking about uh, Gladiator for the millionth time. <laughs> AJ, AJ goes, that was so fat. And then, and then, and then Carmela's mother goes, Aaron Brockovich, and that was a nice movie. And her dad goes, I didn't care for it. And she goes, you did too. What are you talking about? That's such a <laughs> That's, great that is, that 2001. My, my grandparents, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just, I love that interaction. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Solid I mean, pre-9-11 moment. Yes, pre-9-11. Things were different. In the after 9-11, every TV show had to write one to three episodes about 9-11, including Allie McBeal, which did a metaphorical episode involving some sort of a fire in Boston, which who cares if fucking Boston burns down? Oh, God. Well, like, nice try, Allie McBeal. Sarah, you were you were saying all the right things to the people on this podcast. Yeah, uh, let's, we, let's follow that thread. Let's notoriously, Boston a little more. Yeah. We love the Yankees. We notoriously despise Boston. <laughs> What's the what point? A, it's like a city to, it's a city to, it's like a, it was like, you know, when you see uh, an architect's rendering and like a little building made out of plastic of what the real building was supposed to look like, that's like Boston as a city. Yeah. Like, it was so, the first go. It was the first attempt. So Philly with seafood. Correct. Although I do love Philly now because the rent is affordable. <laughs> fair that's enough. Great. Fair enough. Um, uh, I mean, this is... Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I said this, Sarah, but when I asked her to come on, I was like, I, you know, be forewarned. This is like probably the saddest episode in the series. We, <laughs> we usually try to make this podcast um, 
fun and funny and it's a little trickier around this episode just because it's, it's, it's so brutal like talking shit about boston which is great <laughs> that's true that's true that's if you pepper in work. enough boston shit talk like well uh, except for our listeners who are in <laughs> fact in boston that's but. so sad though they need help this yeah is yeah get out like what are you doing there get out of there get out of there moment, you. you know covid makes it rough this is their little moment of pretending they're not in oh boston. yeah it's, it's true <laughs> It's You're true. from real America. People raised in Connecticut. <laughs> but also, <laughs> but like, you know, this we're living in a virtual world because of COVID. Like, try to do your job elsewhere. You know, get out of there, man. <laughs> David's solution <laughs> to the agony of living in Boston. Yeah, please. Move. Stop being uh, carted to buy a lighter. Like, get out of that place. Like, come on. <laughs> you know what? I used to shit on Philly a lot, and now I respect Philly because I realize, like, A, I love their pretzels, and I always have, and B, uh, a lot of hot people live there now because it was a very really? ugly city for a while, but there's a lot of hot people there now, and okay. I will tell you why. First of all, advances in dentistry, but second of all, um, people who got pushed out of better-looking cities moved to Philly. <laughs> So there's like some hot people walking around. So it's a very diverse city of like a lot of hot people and um, they have the worst <laughs> accent in the world and that's their. Oh yeah. But they got things. Yeah. I'm a fan of the cheese stick. I'm a fan of the pretzels. It's <laughs> Santa Claus. I respect that <laughs> yeah. energy. They hey. eat horse shit when their teams win uh championships. So, you know, Hey, yeah, no, I mean, they'll try to actively murder you for any reason. And I I respect hey. that. Philly the roots. The roots. There's we some love, hey, we hot love the people roots. there, oh, then we're, we're good. Yeah, That's true. Yeah, there's a lot of great music yeah. and throwing batteries at Santa Claus. It's great. There you go. Yeah. This episode is sad, but, like, I don't know. I got sadder when they killed Big Pussy. Like, that was sure. fucking Tough to watch. I, I, I often say, like, um, Blue Comet, which is the second to last um, episode of the series. Uh, that's always heartbreaking to me just because I love Bobby Bacalao so much. I love, love Bobby. Bobby. Poor Bobby. I love his love for trains. I love yeah. like, that there's, is... a, there's a fucking mafia war raging and this guy's out He's buying toy trains. Going to buy Lionel's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, oh, did you guys catch the, uh, so I, lo- I always love their like little Hollywood commentaries when they have like Noah's father, yeah. who's like David Chase Hollywood agent hates comment. Hollywood, hates Hollywood. I love it. <laughs> Christopher fucks that girl and she calls him, she calls her a D. D-girl. It's a yeah, D-girl. Great. She's oh, she's great. so good. And when he's like, you fucking D-girl, and she's like, I am not a D-girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a vice president. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I mean, it's so many great ho- shitting on Hollywood moments. I mean, yep. Lauren Bacall being punched oh. in the face. Sure, maybe the maybe the greatest. Well, what was it? Well, what what moment here? What he was talking about? Um, I mean, the he, oh, he was talking Wolf. about how how terrible it was for him to do deals for the, all these. Yeah, well, I gotta watch all, those shows. Yeah, they make fun of Tim Daly, who's on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, oh, Tim Tim Daly chewed my ear off on the plane. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, the guy from Wings. <laughs> Am I getting him from confused with Steven Weber? Edie Falco had a show this year that my friend Tommy was on. It was called Tommy. Um, oh, right. And I was so thrilled. And I was like, Thomas played, Tommy played the, okay. So Edie Falco played Tommy, who is a tough talking chief of police in Los Angeles who came from New right. York, but they shot it in New York. Um, she was like, I guess she's just like, I'm not going to, like, she like was, didn't want to go to LA. She was like, fuck it. So they're yeah, like, sure. all right, go, we will shoot this show in New York. So they shot a show in New York and Tommy played the mayor, the nefarious mayor of Los Angeles. And I forget what his character's name was. And I was like, this is how I know I'm not an actor. Cause I was like, is it going to be confusing for you? Cause like your name is Tommy, but then like on the show, you have to like say the name Tommy all the time because it's like somebody else saying Tommy. He was like, it is absolutely not confusing. And I was like, acting is so weird. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Cut. I'm Tommy. <laughs> I was like, I don't get it. Also, can, why we, can we change your name? 
like, no, it's not. It's like pretend. Yeah. It's not weird. We cut I'll real pretend. quick. I'm confused because my name's Tom. No, okay. That's <laughs> Yeah, I was like, don't you ever just get annoyed? And they're like, why? And I was like, well, because when you say lines, you don't even get to make them up. Like, you have to just say them. And they were like, you are sure. such a simple person. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. It just feels like saying other people's lines seems like really boring. Really Good luck with your career. I mean, sometimes it is. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes uh, the other people's lines are really not good. I mean, speaking of ho- like shitting on Hollywood <laughs> moments, or I guess shitting on how the general American public understands what they understand Hollywood to be. Like, there's a moment later in the series after like Christopher comes out with Cleaver, and I think it's like the big premiere, and the guy's like, "Oh, so what do you? So does like De Niro write his lines, and then Pesci <laughs> writes his lines? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Saturday Night Live? Do they all? Uh, they make that up, right? Like that's yeah. a real thing. That that that's not. That's just a real thing I've heard people say. Like, do they oh, improvise all these sketches? Yeah. Yeah, like all of my relatives. It's like those are actual <laughs> conversations I've had at like family gatherings. Do they ask you? Hey, when I used to do stand up, they would always be like, "When are you going to be on Saturday Night Live?" Because that's oh, yeah. the only show that they know the name of. Yep. Because it's not. Yep. That's years. the go-to. That's the go-to. David, is it hard for you when you act and there's a character named David and it's not you? <laughs> it's really hard. I just I changed the name of the character, and I'm like, oh, they can fix it in post. You should change your name to a, to a less common name, David. Sometimes, sometimes when I act and there's a character named David, I'm like, wait, but you're not my friend, <laughs> David. You're, are we friends? <laughs> wait, wait, I don't think we're friends. You don't look like the guy I'm friends with. I guess I gotta no be David friends Peter. with you. Yeah, yeah. They're like, you need to keep him away from anyone on this set named Dave or David. This guy's, this guy Joe is insane. Uh, one, uh, one last line that I always, always love is when Caitlin says, "I think I miss my ferrets." She's like having a breakdown. That's so funny. I feel like they had fun in, in writing this, like coming up with Caitlin lines. I think. Totally. You know, they were just pitching those, those, those lines. But I think it like watching it, it's almost like comic, like really, like she's really scared of the pine trees. That's like a little, but also, you know, that just like got a big laugh in the writer's room and they're they're like, keep it. They were just kind of like, let's leave the nuance out of the Caitlyn character. (laughs) But in a way, like going that extreme with it does uh, make for a better contrast between her and, and, and Tracy. Yeah, and she's and uh, Ari Grainer, the the actress, uh, is so good. I mean, she she's sells really it good, so yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Chasing it, baby, chasing it. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, shall we get on to fucking internet? Let's do it. Internet. Sure. This is, of course, the part of the show where we source questions and comments from what people, the people, are saying about the Sopranos on the internet, from Twitter, Reddit, and that's it. Uh, so this one comes from user on Reddit. E. Franklin, 13, uh, theory from university. In university, did Noah and Meadow's roommate get together? This is kind of a stretch, but bear with me. Meadow mentions to her mom that Noah says he's going up north with her with his friends and swears he never told her. Caitlin goes to Noah's room all perky and wants to hang out with Noah. Afterwards, when Meadow gets back, Caitlin mentions going to Vermont to visit friends of her dad's and seems almost too prepped with the information. Noah also gets a C minus because he's distracted. Anyone else think it's suspicious? Again, I could be totally off base. I wasn't the top of my fucking class. 
No, they're not off base. I think that I actually have thought that before. Really? I, yes. That never I, occurred to me. No. I what it read to me, like when I saw it, and I still possibly I think this. It, I feel like that was an added beat that they took out of the story. That like, but then that also like because I think they wanted to set up that Caitlin would continue to be a part of Meadow's life because, right. but you know what, like that, like in theory, just work with, let's just throw out spitball in here. I'm listening with the sure. person from the internet. Could you see a world in which they took this episode, they had that extra beat there where Meadow was so brokenhearted in fact, and so upset because she knew that Caitlin was fucking Noah and they just got rid of it for maybe for time and also because they were like you know what we like this character we want to bring her back right it could it could have yeah you're right it could have been a deleted scene that once subtracted from the overall story it still it still worked without it so it might have yeah. also been in the script and not made it to this you know is true. Or, or not, I, like i i don't think that person is so off base with that um that notion it's probably not true but it would work if it were yeah yeah i could i could, I could see that on the cutting room floor yeah um <clears throat> Yeah, I could see that. This too. one uh, from Reddit user Alter757. Uh, Silvio refers to Tracy as a thoroughbred, and later Tony kills Ralphie over Piomai. Uh, mm. the, the writing and little bits mm -hmm. of foreshadowing throughout this whole show uh, is excellent. I think, I, I mean, this is, this is the big theory because, um, Sarah, I don't know if you remember the, the episode in which uh, Tony actually kills Ralphie, uh, but in the moments where he's choking Ralphie to death, he says she was a beautiful, innocent creature. Uh, <gasps> and a lot of people think that he was actually referring to, to Tracy, Tracy in that moment. And huh. that is backed up by, in the final moments of that episode, whoever did this in the middle of season four, uh, before he walks out into, uh, out of the Bing, the, the morning after he uh, murders and covers up Ralphie's whole uh, decapitation and everything else, uh, he stops and looks at a bunch of photos, like little tiny photos, like pinned to a wall in the Bing, and he looks directly oh, at Tracy's. Hundred percent. Yeah, true. that's true. Oh, that's I true. mean, this, this show is all like all these episodes are in conversation with with each other, which is really neat. Um, yeah. It's very rare to see. I don't know if there's any episode like this episode has sometimes been described as close to a standalone. Mm. Close yeah. to it. Uh, and so, yeah, this, this in the Sopranos world is close to it, but they're always planting the seeds for future. Events. Right. There's very yeah. rarely an episode that doesn't call back or even call forward to something later down the line. I don't think they wrote the line of Silvio calling yeah. her a thoroughbred, thoroughbred knowing that eventually Tony. No, would, I think they looked at it later right. and were like, okay, cool. Right. It just happened right out. But I, I do think when Tony kill eventually kills Ralphie, uh, it is at least equally uh, due to Tracy's Tracy's death, although it should be more than the horse, conceivably. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see this one from user uh, Reddit user No Uakchat One. Not even gonna sure. Think. Yeah. Yep. Why did Ralph sure. even bother going back in the Bing after the Tracy incident? Just doing some season three rewatching, and I was thinking, shouldn't he have just taken off? Walking back in like that, hand in the ice bucket, seems like an odd choice. Maybe adrenaline? I guess he assumed maybe leaving would make him look just as guilty, but it seems like a dumb thing to do. And while I hate Ralph, I wouldn't characterize him as stupid. Mm. I think it's mostly because he knows he can beat a woman to death in the back of the bank and get away with it scot-free. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. He's yeah. pissed off that he even gets punched over it. Like... <laughs> You know, like, yeah. That's how little. Yeah. That's how little like these women matter in this world. That's the yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, they, they actually don't matter because they don't. They're not. They're not. You know, with obviously, there's a lot of people who don't matter in this world. But like, you know, you can't even say like, oh, he probably has a family to provide for because it's not a he. It's a she, and and they really just are just like. They're just sex objects, and yeah. that's it. Yeah, and then at the end, of, at the end of the episode, we see like the revolving door. Like, there's a new woman no. being explained, uh, like the deal with the the VIP room by Georgie, and like yep. you know, like the more like seasoned strippers like telling the other two girls like you like keep your mouth shut, like, and we just see like the circle of the bang. Yeah, you know, 
and it plays that same song that it opened with right Kinks. you know right. it's same same song different dancers and and this cycle goes on <clears throat> um let's see this one from <clears throat> uh twitter user Anne anna swanson six seasons of the sopranos and the most disturbing thing i've seen is carmela putting cream cheese on hot dogs do you guys remember <laughs> of what, course what, that's what, a, what? Uh, that's an old school thing uh yeah really yeah i've never sure. seen that what is no, it? That, my mother never did it, but I knew other parents, like uh, other moms, that did that as a snack. When does she? When does she put cream cheese? She's on She's making dogs? them for, uh, Meadow she, or, or well, no, she AJ so or? uh she has them. So the episode where AJ tries to kill himself in the pool, uh, Tony comes home and he's like, "Oh, Lincoln Log sandwiches, Lincoln Log sandwiches, Lincoln yeah, Log yeah. sandwiches." I've never had one or had never heard of one before the Sopranos episode, but, uh, but t- Tony of course dives right in to the cream cheese and hot dog. I mean, yeah, obviously sandwich. I've never, I've never heard of that before, but like, I want, I want one of those right now. <laughs> I, would absolutely, I would absolutely, I would absolutely eat that. I would absolutely eat that. Sounds too much to me. Hey, poor, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm the half Jew. Here, that's so, you true. know, I, I love cream. I love cream cheese. I love, uh, um, well, I love we, hot dog weird, weird ground meat products. Uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, pour one out for Italian meats, which are apparently having some sort of bacterial outbreak. That has nothing to do with yes, COVID. Yeah. That's just like the CDC reported. I well, it came from the CDC. No, it had nothing to do. With, yeah. Yeah. No, the Italian, apparently, uh, gabagool like attracts COVID. COVID particles. I, uh, oh, no, I please. Hate, like, I don't like antipasta platter, antipasta platters, which always made me a true weirdo, but I don't like <laughs> uh, cold meats of any kind. So, no like, cold for, cuts. For, for, no fucking prosciutto. Get that shit away from me. No wow. wow. Thing. I don't want no fucking salami. That's gross. Wow. And, like, I, yeah, I don't like any of it. It just grosses me the what about in like what about in like a pasta dish if you have like the cut up pieces of prosciutto or something sometimes you get like a penny alla vodka with like prosciutto and peas or something like that is it, is it hot it's hot yeah and it can be drowned out yeah. by the- <laughs> it's in a sauce yeah okay i will accept it if it's crispy and hot or if it's just hot but otherwise terrifying cold roast beef sandwich i want to die <laughs> that's brutal because so many get-togethers i feel like in the northeast yeah. are all cold cut trays. It scares the shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They gross me. There's a ton of cold cut trays in this episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, every episode. <laughs> I mean, usually. Uh, okay, so this one um, from user Blaine's in in one. Guys, get some better usernames. Yeah, these usernames always suck. Why does Ralph get shit for killing Tracy, but no one mentions Polly? So Ralph killed Tracy. That sucks. Thank you for admitting that. But he definitely doesn't sure. deserve as much shit for it as he gets because no one gives Polly any flack for smothering that old woman. While oh, that old it. woman was being extremely passive aggressive towards Nucci, uh, leaning towards aggressive, but Tracy was said to have had a past of abusing her kid and putting cigarettes out repeatedly on his arms. Plus, she was a hua and she hit him first. Well, first all, women are disposable. Yeah, yeah. Nobody knew that he uh, killed her. Like, oh, so, uh, okay, so that, I think I think he's talking about fa- like fans oh, don't fans? give Polly shit. Like Paul, everybody, th- you know, holds Polly in this high regard, favorite character. Okay, this and then this this is what I'll say about that. First of all, I think uh, everybody acknowledges that um, Polly killing that old woman is horrible. <laughs> but as um, TV viewers of a TV show, the writers clearly want us to feel really really empathetic towards tracy and and not to mim like right. you know because like, right. yeah. min spent so much of that episode being horrible to nucci yeah. you know like just like absolutely like venomous towards this nice old lady at this at that point i almost feel like the writers are like can we get away with making the viewers uh feel good about Polly killing an old woman I think I think they were just like doing tests in the writers' room. Like, let's see how far we could push this. Sure, but yeah, I don't know many fans that are like, um, "Hell yeah, I love that scene when he kills uh, that old lady." Yeah, that shit was uh, dope. I played, I played that at my wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, me and my boys, we get together, we watch that scene on loop, dog. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, they really did make Min insufferable though. Yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on. This from oh, the, here's here's our bad take of the episode. This one from Reddit user Varsity Athlete. Oh. Tracy would be alive if she didn't insult Ralph's manhood. Additionally, the correct thing to do would have been to disappear both of them that night. Although the whole thing was implausible due to witnesses, maybe a staged murder suicide. <laughs> what? Okay. So I think that in the world of the show, this person is correct. That if Tracy had not insulted Joey Pants's character's manhood, she hadn't, and I just like saying Joey Pants. Sure. Uh, she, she hadn't insulted the dude from the Matrix's. <laughs> Um, Pfeiffer's, uh, I think that's true because um, that's you know she violated a code and so I think if she had not insulted his manhood she would be alive uh, and you went with another kid to put out cigarette butts on him and such um, so that part of the take I will accept because I think in the world of the show mm. that's true sure like do you think he would have killed her if she hadn't um, I think, I, I think so. Um, the scene starts with actually, it's very similar to um, the spider scene in Goodfellas, where uh, she comes in and she's like basically the servant and she's and she insults him then. But I, I like, I feel like uh, thinking it through, yeah, he, he like, I don't think he if she hadn't like insulted him in front of the guys. Correct, he wouldn't, exactly. he wouldn't have killed her. I think that's the key. And especially um, like Gigi, because Gigi is technically like who he reports to, and he's already like salty about Gigi getting the, um, the capo uh, job over him. The fact that Gigi's like, I love this girl, I think that's what really pokes him the most. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All, all yeah. these oh, women yeah. are always just tools. It's, in yeah. terms of for the men to get at each other, to avoid each other, to fight each other, to show dominance, to give gifts to one another. Like, yep. uh, and I don't know that we can really fit Carmela in there in that way um, or True. Tony's other. But even Meadow, uh, Meadow exists as an extension of Tony. That's why she matters. Right. Carmela sure. matters because she co-created the extensions of Tony and because she puts up with his shit and runs his household. So maybe she does in that way also right. matter. And the funny thing is like in, in the moment when Tracy insults Ralphie in front of everyone, the other guys love it. The other guys are like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, they love to see it mainly because they hate, hate Ralphie. Right. Yeah. Um, but, she did but, the work but, that they would like to, I think. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. right. But if it was happening to them, they might've been the ones. Uh, oh, know, for sure. Taking her outside to, to kill. Anyway. Uh, so not to end this on too serious of a note, but this one from user, from user, uh, when I fart, you fart. (laughs) If supernatural powers existed in the Sopranos universe and a warlock transformed Tony into a big purple snail, how would the guys react? Would he still be boss? I always wonder this on each rewatch. Would they still let him be boss? Remember, oh, Tony lost confidence and seemed to lose respect from some of the guys just when he was recovering from surgery. How do you think these old school, not particularly sophisticated thinkers would look dude, on Tony if he became a purple snail? Dude, we we need to read. We, like, we, well, well, we how, need big to, is, how big is the snail? <laughs> we need to redo the uh, this podcast uh, when we finish the series. And watch every episode on LSD, I think. And <laughs> yeah. then we'll understand what When I Fart, You Fart is seen. <laughs> right. I'm going to say I think... they would treat the snail with respect and sympathy in the beginning, except that, that um, uh, one character would start the revolution that the snail's a piece of shit and they should kill the snail. And that character <laughs> would be Ralphie. And then eventually they would kill the snail. Right. Sure. I, I think that's yeah. how it would go. Yeah. yeah. I think that's yeah. exactly how. I mean, it, it depends. I mean, if it's like a, if it's like the size of a snail, I, he's not lasting that sure. long. But if he's like a big, you know, like, like weird, like purple snail that's like just like larger than most people, I mean, you know, 
think it's going to be hard for them yeah. to True. not see him as a, a boss. God, Paul, Paulie might attribute some kind of godlike characteristics to him and be spooked out by oh. him, like scared. Oh, of course. But like also kind of respectful. And mm. some of them would have very emotional reactions and try to guard the snail. Mm. They would agree, one of the, at least one of them would believe that he was going to come back. Maybe Christopher would think he could, would be like trying to figure out how to make him into a human again. Sure. With like weird bugs and I, shit. I mean, now I want to see this episode. But let's do it. Let's bring an animated version. Of this <laughs> and just, you know. This is for you when I fart, you fart. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. We're gonna make an animated version. Then we're gonna have a separate <laughs> podcast episode discussing how well we yeah. did uh, in per- in answering this guy. We would do great. We would do great. Uh, that's yeah. all I got for fucking internet. So. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. Do you have anything you'd like to plug to our listeners? Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. This has been a goddamn delight. Uh, I'm at Sarah J. Casa on Twitter and Instagram, at least until I quit one or both of them. And um, I have a bunch of books out. I would check out Real Artists Have Day Jobs. Yes, and excellent other- book. Thank you. Real Artists of Day Jobs and uh, an, actually a novel about a bunch of kids from Jersey who go on a wacky trip to Washington, D.C. and it's called D.C. Trip. So check that out. As <laughs> I well. love it. Very nice. Very nice. Well, nice. thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Uh, listeners, as always, uh, if you have questions, comments, concerns, things you like, things you don't like, you can email us at osopranospod at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at osopranospod. Give us a five-star review, even if you fucking hate all the shit that we fucking talk about and you fucking hate the show and you hate our faces and you like fucking want us to die you can write all that but give us five stars because we really appreciate it uh thank you again sarah as always oh and people please go vote you go know, vote fucking vote come on vote for you biden harris yeah hey i know we got all those yeah. trump heads listening to us guys fucking wake up man wake you know Welcome to Breezeline, where next-level internet speeds mean next-level productivity. Whether it's back to school, back to work, or back to reality, don't let slow internet slow down your game. Kick it up a notch with a game-changing offer of 500 megabits per second of lightning-fast speed for only $39.99 per month. Choose BreezeLine and get next-level internet and faster speeds backed by a fiber-powered network. Terms and conditions apply. Go to BreezeLine.com to learn more.